Uh, this is going to be um, a show that we do that we're going to be talking about um, school return to schools. And who better to talk about schools than Kenzo Shibata? Kenzo is a – y'all remember the first time he was on. But uh, just for those of you who might not have listened, who should go back and listen to our first episode uh, with Kenzo back in April, I think it was. Uh, we um, Kenzo is a teacher in uh, – he is a teacher in Chicago. Uh, he's also a member of the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, how you doing, Kenzo? And he's also the host of the Class Time Podcast. As if you're watching, you can see that sweet mic guard he's got with the Class Time on there. Going. That's goals right there. <laughs> yeah, um, well, we are in uh, like a holding pattern in Chicago now as far as what's going to happen in the fall. Um, so, yeah, I teach civics and... Um, Chicago history uh, remotely for the past few months, and um, I, I imagine remotely again in the fall, like if we have any say so in it. Um, and yeah, I've been teaching uh, about 10 years. Um, I took a break for a while and I worked for the uh, Chicago Teachers Union and the Illinois Federation of Teachers. And I've uh, been back in the past three years, executive board of CTU, and um, yeah, uh, enjoying a pandemic summer right now. Oh boy. Yeah. So, so much fun just to sort of like never get to go out, never get to hang with people, maybe go to like a, a lot of people are going to isolated cabins sort of like out in the woods. You know, that's sort of like the, the, the hot getaway for this uh, for this summer, because I mean, you can't really go. I mean, people are going to the beaches, but that does not seem like a particularly safe thing to be doing right now. In Chicago, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, not that I think the beaches should be open, but mm -hmm. our mayor close the beaches and then open the bars that's backwards though right Which i don't get and yeah. like we're, our numbers are spiking <laughs> yeah well we are our, our governor just closed the bars about two weeks ago um so um just so that to sort of set the stage um in louisiana we are we're number one we are number one in uh per capita cases of covid and oh. So, I mean, that is just like, it was so silly. The governor put out like a, a like a, almost like a, a banner, like a, like an image that said first in the nation for COVID per capita case. I'm like, why would you do this? Why would you like a <laughs> graphic for this? It was really, really strange. Um, but, but that's sort of where we're at. And um, we basically have uh, a very, very heavy um, push by the legislature and by uh, our state level Bessie board now, which is the basically state level school board board of elementary and secondary education uh, that are basically putting forward these guidelines put forward by the superintendent and passed a bill, uh, which is now called act nine, which uh, essentially s prevents uh, it, it, it's uh, immunity for school districts or if someone contracts COVID 
at school. Now it was sort of amended to include some language about workers comp and, and some other things, but like the, the proof has to be like, unless there's gross negligence, which is, I can't even know like what that would, how would you would prove that, you know, like going back to school on its face seems like gross negligence to me. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's nothing, nothing close to what a school is that's legal to do right now yeah in our state like anything that you know my school building we have 850 people Mm -hmm. and anywhere between 20 and 35 people in a room at a time like if it were any other kind of business it'd be shut down right exactly (laughs) but you know i don't know if it's a memo is going to come out at some point i think pointing out like how they stage this because at least the way they rolled out reopening schools here in Chicago was um, there was just an onslaught of um, op-eds and um, messaging kind of from the, the, the wealthy and the connected about how important it is for school to start in the fall with in-person oh They're doing the blitz. And it was one of those things where like, okay, you can't, um, I mean, how do you argue against that? Like, we all know that. We all know that there's no substitute for in-person learning. So, like, you put something out on social media, for example, saying, oh, this is BS. We don't want people to get hurt. And mm-hmm. also, don't you care about the kids? Like, yes, that's why. Mm-hmm. They got kind of drowned out by, like, the need for schools to open. And then all of, you know, every, we all got this mosaic of different plans that, um, that we're supposed to, to do in the fall for, for in-person learning. And now it just seems like people are, like Fauci the other day was saying something along the lines of how we're basically getting picks. Like, they, they went from at the one point, like, oh, no, we have these plans. It's very safe to like, well, we don't know, but you're doing this for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, a, it, was, it was just like a perfect media blitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that was a really strange formulation because he said that was, was was that something that he said at, at AFT convention or was that somewhere else? Because I know he was on a panel uh, and, and, and Randy Weingarten, the president of AFT, was like sort of celebrating the fact that we have Dr. Fauci coming on and he's like, you know, viewed as like the one resistance guy to Trump or whatever. Um, and, you know, he's and, and basically like they're, they're imbuing a guy with characteristics that he's not. I mean, he's a doctor who is telling facts for the most part. But but th- that kind of framing is very questionable to me, <laughs> don't you think? It is, and like I don't know, AFT, the national, um, they have this really bad tendency. I feel where they can't be measured. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, Fauci is probably one of the better people in the Trump White House right now. Doesn't mean he's a friggin' saint. It doesn't mean oh. he's great. It's like he's oh, he's above criticism. Exactly. And it's, well, I mean, I guess it's the same deal with, with Biden now, the way mm-hmm. that he's pushing mm-hmm. him. Like, it, there's no critic, they can't do even like critical support where they're like, well, he's not the best. It's like they, they're trying to convince us he's going to be our savior. It rings so untrue. Yes. And, 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 and you know what's really interesting about that, too? Because I see that, that happen. Uh, and look, I am a member of AFT. I have been my entire teaching career. So are you. I mean, we're to our core. This is critique coming from a place of love to be clear. Yes. Um, at least from, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I assume that's the case. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, we, we, we need to be able to, we, we cannot say these things 
to people and like sell them essentially you're selling them a bill of goods and when people realize that they're being sold a bill of goods you have less credibility when when uh when they're like hey wait a minute you, you, we've been sold a bill of goods this is not <laughs> you said it, this is a bunch of bullshit you know so uh, it's just really i don't know it's it, it's it doesn't help us to do that even mm-hmm. I guess and like, um i mean I, i'm very feeling very optimistically though about um the aft passing resolution basically approving mm-hmm. opening you know safety strikes as they call yeah. it if need be i mean like I, I think i tweeted something about this you know we don't need their permission but at the same time like it's always a really good thing when the national isn't working against you <laughs> yeah and 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 we can we can marshal national level attention and resources around yes. this kind of thing this does open a lot of doors um in in i mean you could have critiques of the timing of that release or the scope of it um, but, but but my sort of approach, and this is what I've been telling people, uh, has been, you know what? Even if you're the most cynical person, which I might be, I try not to be, but even if you are the most cynical person, the most cynical take uh, is that, oh, wow, they're trying to, like, cut off other more far-reaching resolutions that are in convention or whatever. Like, even with that, like, like take that, which is not one I believe, by the way, even if that is the case, then at least you can see that there is su- sufficient pressure to get this kind of a move by the national organization and by the leadership of the national organization. And that's not a bad thing. The gears are turning on this and uh, there is broad support for educators among educators and with our parents and everything like that to make sure that we do keep our kids safe. And we just need to spread that message because the only way that we can keep our kids safe is by not returning to school for us on Monday, but for you, I'm not sure when that is. Kenzo. Oh, hey, Kenzo's back. I was just talking about, um, no, it's okay. Uh, I was just talking about uh, the, and we can get back to our conversation, uh, the rally that we had today. I was going to show a couple of clips from there uh, from a couple of speakers. Uh, We had a rally at the administration building uh, in Jefferson Parish. Uh, Myself um, and several organizers, um, my my good friends, uh, John Gusta, uh, Marquisha Moore, um, and uh, Anne-Marie Coviello, um, all of us sort of have been uh, doing some organizing, uh, w- uh, you know, sort of among our- ourselves and with parents. Uh, and we've uh, we put together this demonstration that included parents, uh, educators, bus drivers, uh, which falls under the umbrella of educators. But we had a mm-hmm. really fiery speech from a bus driver. Maybe we can sort of like look through a little bit of this video. Uh, it's very long. We have 51 minutes, um, but we can sort of like jump around a little bit to sample it if that's OK with you. Sounds good. All right. Wyatt. So this is Dr. Ashanta Wyatt. She is a local community activist and a former administrator at uh, West Jefferson High School. Um, listen, this is this is quite simple for me. Former guest of this show as well. They can't do what you don't allow them to do to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. There won't be any teaching if there are no teachers. Mm-hmm. So whether you decide to go in and risk your life and die, or you decide to stand up and say, if you don't give us what we want, then we're going to have a national, teachers have to nationally say, enough is enough. If you don't go, there is nothing that they can do except bend to your will. 
The reason why these people think they control things is because we allow them to believe that they hold all the power. There won't be a school board if there are no teachers. There won't be a school board if you don't have students. And what you're asking the you, you what they're asking you guys to do is to risk your life so they can stand very safely on their virtual platforms and tell you what to do. Because if you're planning virtually, it's not time to go into a brick and mortar. And I would implore you to stand up and <laughs> be talking to people. Always on my bullshit. We had a, a board meeting recently <laughs> where board members, you know, it was virtual and even uh even so oh no, I'm sorry, like it was it was virtual, but they were all in space together, but they were socially distanced. They couldn't even keep their masks on. Yeah. They, oh, ours took, uh, our board took their masks off during the school board meeting, like for entirely, <laughs> uh, which, which I, um, people wanted me to sort of point that out. I kind of didn't, uh, it, like sort of when I did public comment, they wanted me to point that out, but I, I was just, I wasn't going to go there just because uh -huh. uh, that might have sort of, gone into a direction where it, it, it would have been a little bit off key for what I was saying, but, yeah. but, but it was something, it was very obvious and very visible. Um, it just, the, the nature of the, what I was saying didn't, didn't really fit that. Um, Someone brought it up in the Chicago board meeting because it was like, they're going over the, uh, the guidelines. And one of them was like expecting kindergartners to wear their masks the whole yeah. time. And someone was like, you people are in your fifties and you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and plus like, I've already had like enough, sort of fights with this school board yeah it would have sort of been very easy to sort of pigeonhole me as being petty like they always try to do yep. so I, was, I just didn't want to walk down that line uh somebody else doing that might have worked but but that coming from me would, would have been fairly easily dismissed mm -hmm. um at least sort of it, it could have been but i mean i i was walked out of a, the a board meeting about three months ago right right before all this blew up by a police officer because i went over my three minutes so <laughs> so, so i'm, I'm kind of spacing them out <laughs> i got you yeah there's uh, there's a parent activist here that she's i, I want to say banned for life from what? chicago board meetings because she was getting escorted out every single meeting and like yeah, i don't i don't i think she might still be banned her daughter is uh in college now so i wonder if they just figured it's a wash or something Right. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just wait until the next one comes through. Uh, yeah. Here is um, uh, a next speaker is my friend. Um, what well, is John Guzman? So announcement. today, this parent. This parent oh. All right. Again, thank you, Dr. Wyatt. Um, our next speaker. All right. So, so here's my friend Jenny Yanez. She is a local um, activist. I'm She's a local. She, that's her giving me her keys. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, she's a local activist. She has a show on uh, the radio station John, that our show's on. I have two children that have been through the Jefferson Parish school system. One graduated, one is still in the Jeff Parish school. It is a school that has a lot of privilege, I will admit that. He goes to one of the accelerated academies. I wanted to mentioned to y'all that 65% of the electorate in Jefferson Parish voted Republican. At the top of the Republican leadership, we know that they do not believe in masking because they have made very bold statements of appearing places publicly without masks. 
Molly Gomer. Herman Cain died today without because he wouldn't wear a mask a couple of months ago. What was that? Herman Cain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him dying. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. Life can be a challenge. Life can seem impossible. It's never easy when there's so much on the line. Do you remember that? Yeah. The movie thing. He was, go ahead. Herman Cain's death. I did not know how to react. I, I remember I, I like opened my phone up and I it was Twitter or something. I saw it. And like I, I laughed not because I thought it was funny, but because I didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. Because it was just kind of like, oh my God, that is just so on the nose. I mean, of course it's tragic when a person dies, but it's just yeah. he literally went to a Trump rally mm-hmm. and that's why he's dead. Yeah, that is that is sad. And also, like at the same time, I'm just sort of like, man, this guy is so deeply despicable. Uh, yeah, to the point where you cannot, we have to. Uh, I, I cannot help but sort of temper my sadness because, I mean, uh, Herman Cain was the former president of the uh, National Restaurant Association, mm-hmm. sorry, the other NRA. Uh, <laughs> they have basically been the lobby that has been keeping service worker food uh, service uh, food workers um wages below minimum wage like tipped workers mm-hmm. below minimum wage because of that particular lobbying so i'm just like oh what a shame you know <laughs> I mean, as somebody who worked in restaurants for longer than i've taught I, I mean i've worked service industry for over 10 years uh-huh uh, i've gotten to teaching probably in my you know late the 20s early 30s um i mean it is just hard scrabble to be a server, especially at like like little crappy restaurants like Applebee's or whatever, mm-hmm. um, just because you don't make any money, yeah. you know, and you just have to hustle. And it's someone like him who like, I, mean, I don't know, there's so many lost wages you have because, you know, he wouldn't he and, and his ilk wouldn't allow you to have like a regular minimum wage along mm-hmm. with the tips. Not that that's the ideal solution but it's more fair than having the tip to minimum wage in my opinion exactly and and like again like it's it is sad that an individual died of covid <laughs> pain that he's experienced and all these things i don't want to undersell that but yeah like, like, like you, you definitely it's hard to get that sad on a personal and also a, a definitely an admittedly petty level you know? <laughs> yeah and like i mean part of, i think part of the reason why i wanted to preface it by saying I felt a little bad because like my, my initial reaction was just laughter and yeah. then I had to explain to my wife why I was laughing and she looked at me like I was the devil no, and yeah. I'm like I'm not really laughing at it I'm kind of laughing with the awful situation that we live our lives through every day I have no other reaction to something so on the nose someone who like lived by capitalism and died by capitalism and was such an awful, awful human in uh, promoting it, and yeah, and 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 one super last thing on that, and then we can stop talking over a woman, stop silencing Jenniana as my friend. <laughs> um, but one of the things that really um, sort of that also makes me not so sad is that when you have these high profile, I mean, he ran for president mm-hmm. um, a couple of years, like 2012, was it? Um, he ran for president uh, and he's very high profile, very influential in the restaurant industry. And like, in like we, he was like a Trump before Trump in a, certain, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, by showing that sort of like, I don't give a F, I'm not going to wear a mask. <laughs> by doing that, you are encouraging all of the sort of... Uh, you know, people 
that follow you and follow this sort of like entire uh, MAGA train who are, who are much more sympathetic, I find. Like individuals mm-hmm. with less power, like like poor working class people who just like buy the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. I don't respect it, but I'm just sort of like, you know, I feel really terrible for what you're doing to yourself and to others, right? Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're taking this whole thing. And he, when, when they send that signal that we're saying, screw you to wearing masks and, and all this, you know, this COVID thing is, is a hoax and like, like entertaining all the QAnon stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you're encouraging other people to do that behavior. And as a result, you are responsible, in my view, for mm-hmm. that. And for all of the pain and death and infection and all of the stuff that goes along with it. So again, tempered. Yeah. And that's why I can't, I can't even get too mad at like individuals out there making the choice of not wearing a mask or not social distancing because, you know, to, to go back, you know, the topic at hand, like the, the state has been so, all over the place. Like mm-hmm. at first they're you know, the reason why I don't have a beard now is because the CDC imme- immediately said, Oh, long beards are bad. And then like a couple months later, they're like, no, they're fine. Like, yeah. and then don't wear a mask and then wear a mask. So like people who aren't super plugged into science mm-hmm. and are just kind of just want to live their lives. They're probably very confused. And I could see like wanting to take the more, the path of least resistance, like yeah. wearing a mask does kind of suck. It sucks, but guess what? You know, you don't. It protects you and it protects the other people. But you're right, a hundred percent, and and that gives people permission to sort of be like, y'all are all crazy cucks, cucked mm-hmm. by the mask. You're triggered because I don't have a mask and all this other bullshit. Like it's it, it's it's almost like they're. Uh, it, it makes me think about the people who like to roll coal. You know what I mean? You know what that <laughs> is? When they just sort of like do whatever it is in the engine. So it like blasts up like this black smoke out of your truck or whatever. It's like <laughs> they're rolling coal in real life. You know? Anyway, that's at least the mindset that goes into it. Uh, let's get back to this. We'll do maybe her and one more. I don't want to like talk about this the whole time, but I thought that she was really powerful and then had a couple of students that I wanted to highlight. Um, but there were like, check out my timeline on Facebook. If, you're, if I'm not your friend, uh i'm public you can find it in the videos for everybody for everybody to see let's just stop let's just do jenny and then stop after that then we can sort of move on because she does not believe that that helps her or her children she may turn a blind eye to the child in the classroom who refuses to wear a mask because he hears his parents in the house say that this is a hoax and that those that they believe do not wear masks themselves are you ready to send your child to a classroom that a teacher will turn a blind eye to that child who refuses to wear a mask when you have told your child to do so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> tweeted that they may have to suspend elections in November because of fear of COVID. <laughs> But they're gonna send your kindergartner to school. <laughs> if you did not protect yourself by pressing a button to vote for someone as a grown adult, what the hell do they think a five year old's gonna do in the classroom? Mm-hmm. Right. They have politicized this and they know that the schools is where most of black and brown children are vulnerable. Right. 
time in the school system. This is not about going back to a system that's failing to educate our kids. This is about saving their lives while we collectively make a better future for them. We need to keep them alive and then we deal with all those policies and we deal with the broken system. This is not the time to put our children as an experiment. The future just starts. And you know, that speaks to the thing, and, and you we were talking about this either, I can't remember if it was before we went on the air or before we um, before, before, uh, earlier in our conversation, but there was this, there's this language that, that has been rolled out that you and I have both, uh, seen, uh, where these, you know, these school districts that are essentially, you know, taking all of the, you know, uh, agency and the direct, uh, you know, ability to like, like the people who want broad, uh, broad, like out of the box curriculum, mm -hmm. Um, they're now saying that the educator, I mean, Betsy DeVos just said this herself. Ed, they're saying that educators are essentially not working and operating in the interests of our children. You know, they're, they're, they're being, it's the selfish teacher bullshit. Um, mm. when, when we're actually pushing in mo at the best of times, and this is certainly not the best of times, we're pushing for uh, an education system that is empowering to educators and that can actually provide justice as opposed to this sort of across the board, out of the box BS. Mm -hmm. And now they're using the fact that we're not going to endanger their lives as another similar, like bad teachers, they're not, they're against your kids or whatever. They're using that excuse to say that we're like, like preventing their learning or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just so unbelievably disgusting to me. Like that, that whole like rhetoric rollout is just absolutely irreprehensible to me. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, they, they keep like kind of insinuating that we're lazy and that's mm -hmm. why we want, we, we want to do the distance learning, but like it was far, in my experience, it was more work and less reward doing the distance learning. I was working 10, 12 hour days because I was doing this for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, realistically having less than half participate, maybe a quarter participation from my students. And not mm -hmm. that participation is the, you know, the most important thing, you know, as far as like turning in assignments, but you know, the reality is it, it is more work and um, you know, you're not getting that reward of actually, you know, connecting with students every day in, mm -hmm. in, you know, in, always in a meaningful way. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I almost uh, want to reframe the entire like working from home side of it mm -hmm. um, because like, it's more like instead of working from home, it's like you're living at work. Yes. That mm -hmm. is so true. Like you're always kind of on if somebody like a parent emails you or, you know, I, I teach special ed. Sometimes I'll give my number to the, to a parent so they can text me or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not often, but and I would usually do it through the, uh, the Google voice number that we had set up um, that's attached to my school account. Like, like it definitely was through the right lines. Um, but anyway, and by the way, Google's got all my information. <laughs> Contact. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that part. Um, but, but yeah, you, you're being asked to do more than ever. And then educators are saying, we want to do that. Yes. As opposed to go into this situation where we know, more people are going to be getting contracting coronavirus and potentially dying. So uh, it's 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 um, a really 
um, like bad, bad. And I hate to say that somebody's acting in bad faith um, most of the time. Mm-hmm. But like this is a very clear situation uh, that that's the case. You know what I mean? Like I try to give benefits without to a very, very, very liberal extent, mm-hmm. but like, can't do it. Cannot do it. What really irks me in Chicago, um, and I'm sure like other districts have the same situation, is our union leaders immediately um, reached out to the the district and said, "Hey, let's work on a distance plan for the fall." Mm-hmm. It doesn't even it didn't even necessarily have to be the be all end all final plan. But mm-hmm. like if we had teachers and students and parents and everyone together from May, June, working on this plan through August, I think we'd have a hell of a, a distance learning plan. We would mm-hmm. you know, we'd all put our, our heads together. We'd all figure out with our expertise what works. And like, you know, we would even pay mind to the district when they talk about budget constraints or whatever. So they would have their. Uh, they're say we have this situation we keep talking about here where like we keep offering the mayor wins and she refuses to take them and like that was one of those mm-hmm. and like we could have had this amazing plan and instead we have you know uh at least you know the the school doors are opening to teachers in about three three four weeks you know theoretically and now we have this plan slapped you know in front of us that's um assume certain things like we can keep kids in pods of 15 mm-hmm. where they're not going to interact outside of those pods of 15, even during recess. Mm-hmm. Um, and who watches them the entire time? Like, are you just going to be assigned to tied to those 15 kids for their entire day? Like, when do you get a break? When do you get your 30 mm-hmm. minutes? When do you get your planning? Any of that stuff. Like, is that even a part of this deal or do they just own no. you when you're at school? There's you know? so many, the, the planning has more question marks than answers. Um, you know, one of the things for me is I teach in 11th, 11th and 12th grade, and they say that 11th and 12th graders to alleviate, you know, the size of, uh, you know, just the, the sheer amount of humans in, in the high schools, 11th and 12th would be 100% distance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife is immunocompromised. So I'm like, okay, this could work out for me, even though I don't agree with reopening schools, like I could work from home. And then the district, uh, from what I understand, is saying that, you know, 11th and 12th grade teachers then are going to be giving distance learning lessons from our schools, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. There's, we can't all live stream at the same time from our schools. Yeah. We don't I'm have that capacity. Being just totally throttled, right? Yes. There's that. And then there's just, I know, just knowing this district, I know what this means. This means that like, if a teacher is out and they look in your classroom and like, oh, how many kids are yep. in your virtual classroom? Oh, no one showed up today. Well, you're going to cover this class then. That's ridiculous too. Yeah, and and that I mean, we you know it because that's what already happened before yes. the pandemic and the disaster and all these changes. So like, why would it be different? You know, why would you expect it to be different? When when do you expect the substitute situation to be any better in the middle of a pandemic than it was before it? Like, no, uh-huh. of course not. They're not. They're not. So and, and again, we couldn't get subs because we don't pay subs, and like it's all contracted out to a uh, 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 Kelly Services. Uh like no there's no like you need to put in like two weeks ahead of time a lot of times to get a sub and sometimes that doesn't even make it you know make it happen you know it's it's one of these sorts of things no there's no way Mm -hmm. no way that that would fly out and plus and this is something that um we keep, I mean, at least in the plan that they had from, that I've been asking this at, I mean, I asked these same exact questions that 
state committee, Senate committee meetings of education, uh, at uh, the Bessie board uh, meeting where they sort of like passed this, this entire set of guidelines from the state. And then at my local school board, because they, they basically like set like very, very, very like below the CDC's standards guidelines, even mm-hmm. though they, they were formed, informed by the CDC, um, guidelines by the state and essentially delegated parishes, uh, each school district in each parish or each charter network school district as well to come up with their own plan based off of these guidelines. And then mm. now what, what, what's ended up happening and the state superintendent came from my district and, and make sure that I always say, hey, it's my old friend. Um, but essentially the state level guidelines were written. They're not good and they're not sufficient. It was passed to the uh, districts. They just basically copy paste the same exact guidelines as the plan mm-hmm. and it's not sufficient. And then essentially mm-hmm. who's going to be charged with implementing this very sort of like nebulously worded plan where they don't have specific like responsibilities and liabilities or whatever. They essentially said, Hey, we have 83 schools in the school district. Y'all figure it out at the school level. So it's just the shit. So essentially you take a piece of glass you smash it into 68 pieces, right? And mm-hmm. then you take one of those pieces and you smash it into 82 even smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, none of it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this one last one. Um, this is a bus driver fella. Um, I think my video cut out in the middle of it, but let's let's give it one. Let's do a couple of minutes of this because I thought he was really awesome. And then we can we can sort of push forward. This is Everett. On the bus. <laughs> All right. I respect his Zion well, Williamson shirt too. They say in phase two, 50% capacity. For y'all that don't know, most buses are 65 uh, capacity buses. Which mean that's half. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three kids on a bus. They're saying twenty-five with the teacher in a classroom, and that's too many. Mm-hmm. So how are we gonna drive with thirty-three kids on a bus and make sure they got their masks on, and we have no mm-hmm. one on the bus with us? We by ourselves. We we are y'all first line of defense. Yeah. We're the first one to come in contact with the kids. Yeah, and just like if you look at your watch with a second hand. Yeah, you brought, yeah, I know. Tell me, I can lose my job. That's right. Mm-hmm. But I'm die. That's right. 
So I got a choice to make. So, I mean, if, if we can't keep the kids safe, and we can't keep the driver safe, we sure can't keep the teachers safe. This is a this is a, 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 a fight that all of us have to fight. Amen. This ain't just the teachers fight. Amen. This is everybody's fight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He was amazing. And like, it was just a really, really awesome day. And I'm like, I was so thrilled with all of the folks that showed up and like, mm -hmm. just, you know, you know, you get that high after like one of these big, you know, one of these big sort of successful actions that happen, you know, he's got, you know, it brings up a really good point too, is that kids act so differently on the bus than they do oh, in yeah. the classroom. And, you know, I mean, there, there's only so much that the driver can see and without an aid. Yeah. There, yeah, they're, 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 there's no way. Yeah, and, and and like I said before, we lead the nation right now in uh, in per capita cases of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, and they're trying to like you should not be considering going to school at all. Like mm -hmm. like 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 virtual is the only option. And Jefferson Parish, where I work, uh, has um, basically decided like that, that we're going to be the sore thumb that stands out when. Uh, Orleans Parish, which is right next door, shut down. St. Tammany Parish, which is mm. where David Duke is from, uh, they closed down. <laughs> like all these, like really sort of conservative areas, essentially. I mean, Orleans isn't, but like like surrounding parishes, uh, Caddo, all the way out, basically Bible Belt, Texas. I mean, uh, I, I respect. I got a lot of respect for the for the union. Shout out to uh, uh, Red River United. Uh, basically like an amalgamation of locals uh, out there. Um, but they were able to even push back a start of school until the middle of, I mean, until at least after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we have an early return and, and Jefferson Parish, the parish that I'm in is sort of like rolled out this, oh, we have three options. We have a virtual option. We have a hybrid option or we mm -hmm. have a person option. So this is more, you know what it is? It's more fucking school choice. It's, yeah. what it is. it's more school choice. Well, we're, well, we're doing hybrid in uh -huh. chicago but like parents can opt uh out for a hundred percent virtual still but yeah. there's been no there's no plan for who's going to be teaching them virtually and also like are the kids still going to be on the same kind of curricular timeline as the kids doing distance that hasn't been answered um teach them? what's that Who's going to teach them? Yeah. It hasn't been determined. And then like the hybrid model is funny too, because it makes nobody happy because the kids are still in school four days a week and then they alternate. So like parents aren't getting a break to go to work. It's the you worst know, both worlds. Yes. No, no one, no one is going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really wild because like we have just this poisoned mentality and that that kind of like goes along with this sort of like um and, and and it's really pernicious i think because like when you say and this is exactly how this the, the school reform movement the charter thing school choice whatever how it works is 
it, it sort of like tricks you into um, feeling empowered by saying, well, I have some options here and I'm not being forced anything by mm. the big, big government, you know, the big federal government trying to make me do whatever. And I don't mean like, <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be told by the government what to do, like directly. I understand that impulse. Uh -huh. If you have, you know, if you have nothing but terrible options, then you're then basically then who gives a shit if you're picking who cares <laughs> like the only reason that that the the virtual is good is that everybody does it so nobody goes back to school because we don't want the the, the uh pandemic to spread mm -hmm, you know, we don't mm -hmm. want our kids and our families and uh and ourselves i don't want to get covid you know <laughs> um we don't want that to have to happen and like the virtual option doesn't stop i mean the, um, the virtual option alone is the only thing that stops it. Yes. Like a hybrid, you'll still get large groups of people back together and you will not be able to control those. It's impossible. I, look, I'm a pretty damn good classroom manager, I think. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a little bit loose on stuff. That's just how it is. That's how me and the kids have an understanding. However, like nobody, not the, not the best classroom, Harry Wong or whatever, like get <laughs> go for it. Write your book, write your first days of school during COVID. Dude. Dur yeah. <laughs> that I would love to see that. And then like, even if you are a teacher who is like a little more strict, like what are you going to do? A kid takes off his mat or his or her mask, give him a detention. Okay, fine. They're in detention, but they already exposed the class. It's, it's a, it's, it's a zero sum thing. It's not like, well, next time they'll know not to take that mask off. And, and even if, even if that did work, like that's just more detentions, more suspension, school to prison pipeline, school to prison pipeline. And just like school to prison, like there will be housing a bunch of kids that could be infecting each other even more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and when they've already proven that they'll be the ones that are the most likely to take off their mask, you just concentrate them all together. Good uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what you do. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that, mm -hmm. that it can work out like 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 this. The, the idea that we're considering this at this point, and, and like I said, we go back on Monday, teachers do, kids go back on the 12th. Mm -hmm. The idea that we would, that we would considering even going back instead of, of getting, you know, training and resources for distance learning mm -hmm. uh, is, is so insane to me. Like we are wasting our time and basically... Yeah. Uh, the only thing that, the, so they basically like put us on this railroad, on this railroad, right? We're on the tracks and there's no switch ahead. Like the switch just passed us by behind. So the only way to stop the train from coming off the cliff is to knock it off the rails. Mm -hmm. you know? There's no switch. I don't know. Or pull the brake, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's going to happen because we could start, we could have started, um, like on like like a virtual full virtual option or not not option a virtual program on the 12th and sorry i'm very ranty right now so sorry about that no worries uh, we, we could have started that if we had been sort of like gearing towards that and moving in that direction and creating that infrastructure the mm. entire time and like like teachers are would be able to prepare for that however since we've we've you know just bumbled along all the way and like oh shit we got to go back to school on Monday then you know the only thing you can do is push back because there's no way we can switch that quickly no way in a million years. Mm -hmm. Who's in charge? <laughs> I keep thinking that. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell who's in charge. The one thing that did give me some hope is the fact that Trump DeVos, at least here, is because of Trump DeVos being so insistent upon schools opening that we have a mayor who only seems to care about not being like Trump. Yeah, hashtag resist. And like everyone, she, she's called all of the BLM protesters compared us to uh, to Trump, Trumpian, Trumpish in the past too. Like anyone that's against her is like Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. The, just to find yourself as an opposition to something. Uh, well, what happens then when Trump's like close the schools or whatever? What happens if he does that? I mean, I'm not necessarily suspecting that he does. Is she going to be like, well, I'm not going to be like him. Let's open the school. <laughs> like like uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah, exactly. Like wabbit season, duck season. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I None of the teachers I'm talking to right now are like, thinking this is going to happen like us, us actually having in person mm-hmm. um uh, on the first day mm-hmm. so what's the vibe i mean have you been talking to folks in chicago what's the, the sort of thought i mean you mentioned the possibility and nobody's announced anything you're not like claiming or speaking on behalf of anybody but yeah. like what's the sort of like vibe of people in terms of a, a, a job action like a sick out um, strike or something I mean, I think there's an appetite for it. Like we we struck not too long ago, just last school year, and um, for a lot of what was that? Met in October. October. That's when we met one another. That's right. Yeah, that's when you came out to Chicago uh, to support the strike, and that the the vibe is kind of like no one wants to go on strike again, but um, it's just the the plan itself is a non-starter for everyone I've talked to, um, parents alike. Mm-hmm. I was just I just had um, the head of a parent group raise your hand on class time recently yeah. and they, they did a survey um, of uh, of the parents and the parents are also like there's no you know there's no reason some parents are actually almost um, in competition for how much they're avoiding school in the fall like you'll you'll see in, in a parent group like well you know I'm not sending my kid well I'm not sending my kid um, either well I, I'm also not going to send my kid and you know, it, it would start with like, well, you know, maybe I'll do the hybrid. And then it's like, no, no, no. And then there's also the the plan changes. Mm-hmm. Like at one point they were saying, OK, we're going with the hybrid model. And now they're looking at new cases. And if the new cases hit a certain threshold, then they're going to go 100 percent to virtual. They mm-hmm. said um, temporarily, like they'll never say for the year or for a certain amount of time. Um so I'm wondering if the district is gearing up for it, but they don't want to f- seem like their hand is being forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this was our decision. We didn't do it because we were pressured. We did it because we wanted to. Uh huh. We decided that nobody can pressure us. Yeah. And um, our mayor sends uh, her kid to a private school. So like that, mm-hmm. she doesn't have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And she never does when it comes to the school. Um, so I don't even think that she's going to have like a visceral change of heart at the end. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to be a political decision. And um, I think, you know, the, the goal, the, the task at hand now for us for the next few weeks, parents, teachers, and the like is basically to put on a united front and say, this plan is a non-starter. Um, we have to work together on this too. We, we can't be in opposition um, doing this plan because then the kids won't get the resources. Um, it'll, it'll be a, you know, none of us want this to fail. We want this to be as, of course, I don't want to say successful, but as least as little unsuccess as possible, I should say, because we know that 
in person is there's no there's no substitute for in person mm -hmm. but we want to like do as best as we can with virtual yeah and and like that's that's the whole thing like you don't want the disaster to happen to the yourself to your mm -hmm. kids or to anybody else that's not what we want here and like when um when people like the senator in louisiana john kennedy says we can kiss his ass uh-huh whatever because we're just trying to like make hay over this or whatever then like he's definitely like sending a very clear signal that he doesn't give a shit about what we actually want or care about mm -hmm. period i don't know i hate that guy <laughs> i hate him so much i'm wondering if this, there's always going to be a war, a war on teachers that we're just gonna have to constantly fight or if eventually people will be like let's let's fight someone else <laughs> for a while yeah yeah like the like the, the class war uh would sort of like just reorient i think that would only happen if they lose if you know mm. what you know what i mean like like if because you know, one thing that we know about sort of like capitalist mindset is when it costs too much to continue this fight they'll you know fold mm -hmm. hold their hand and they'll go find somewhere where there's more opportunity to spend more money to make money. Yes. So, so if we can make it unprofitable for capitalists to um, like have their attention and like throw all these resources at education, because they wouldn't be throwing these resources at education if they didn't get money on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. um, if that, if we can make that happen then they'll stop and you know they'll pick some other poor profession that we should stand in solidarity with by the way um, uh -huh. to 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 fight with to fuck with you know that's what uh -huh. that's my prediction and I, I don't know what it would be um but but that's sort of the thought that i have seems like a lot of the big philanthropists or philanthropreneurs whatever you want to call them they're there are shifting kind of to COVID now and like yeah. trying to figure out how to get cash out of this disaster this <laughs> tragedy yeah, I think that's more of a diversifying, defying the portfolio sort of thing. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Bill Gates has like always been doing his bullshit with uh, bullshit. Yeah, let's bullshit. Um, mm -hmm. Like sort of colonial um, like aid to try and get um, like malaria taken care of in Haiti or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. doing what he's doing is sort of like purchasing parts of Haiti and essentially buying influence in the area and with the government. I mean, that's what he's doing. And, mm -hmm. and Amy's done with education, even though he himself admitted that his approach to um, his approach to teacher evaluation specifically has been an abject failure and spent mm -hmm. it's like 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 wasted you know billions of dollars, both his own and, and taxpayer money, ruined people's lives, ruined ruined an entire like 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 teaching like could and would be much more fun. And much more, it would be, it would be much more, much better at it. And I mean, I don't want to get into the, to this, but I, I do have a theory, but I, we can talk about this later. Um, essentially, it would be a better, safer profession to teach and much more well-respected for real and not in the patronizing way, not in like the, it's teacher appreciation week. Here's uh -huh. a, you know, a peanut or, you know, a, 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 a Kit Kat or whatever, to which some people are being genuine, but to a large part, especially when it comes from administration and politicians, it's like, oh wow, you just put you just virtue signaling here. Uh huh. But uh, th if they didn't have this sort of like 
focus on like, oh, we need to have great teachers in every classroom or whatever, which no shit, dude. Like, but, <laughs> but, but like that it would be so much better to be a teacher. It would be less miserable. It'd be more fun. You'd have a, more of an ability to have your impact on what you're teaching, even though you already definitely do because you have relationships with all of your students. Mm-hmm. It's just, it would be less miserable the entire time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, 20, 2003 was the first year I taught and I could, it's gotten so demonstrably worse since mm-hmm. then. Like it, things weren't great then. Like we didn't have, I just remember I didn't have any resources, but I also didn't really have administrators popping in the room and bothering my students while I'm trying to teach. You know, that wasn't a thing. Um, You know, evaluation was pretty simple and um, you weren't, uh, you weren't expected like film yourself teaching and jumping through all these extra hoops. Like it was, it was more fun. And there was more uh, space you had to be creative in it. And now there's more and more like hoops you have to jump through to still do the cool creative stuff. But then like, you know, maybe once a week you have to put on a show for some administrator. Um, Mm -hmm. That wasn't like that 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny, too, because that whole thing is bullshit. Um, But like, are you familiar with? These are sort of like two different discrete things. The concept of A, management by walking around, because that's what that is. Mm. And B, the, the concept of Taylorism in mm-hmm. American uh, sort of like industrial history. You're familiar with those, those two concepts? Like yes. Breaking down um, jobs. Like, and the assembly line is a part of this, but breaking down jobs to maximize efficiency so that anybody can do any small part of this job and sort of like breaking it down into components and judging people based off of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like it increases the alienation yeah. in there because you're hyper focused on these things that like discreetly don't seem to be that important. Right. And then at the same exact time, like the idea of management by walking around is essentially a boss just like popping into like different parts of the floor of wherever they're at and just mm-hmm. say like, hey, what's going on over here? You know, like that, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that, that that's like the other sort of component that's at play here i find sort of like like this the idea that you can do either of those things uh in a, like a scientific way mm-hmm. and then, like like and then the standards thing sort of falls into that point too right that's scientifically proving that this kid learned x you know and didn't learn y you know it, it, <laughs> it's this it's this trying to turn something that is sci- that, that is not measurable not quantifiable like qualitative as qualitative and as abstract as you can possibly have and try and make like put numbers on it and create, and that's where you get shit like VAM, you know? Mm-hmm. And just like, I just think about like when I was a student, like I was kind of a space case and, mm-hmm. and you know, at any given time. And if an administrator walked, I could be in the classroom of my favorite teacher who's a great teacher. And if they just happened to catch me at a certain time and, and said, Hey, Kenzo, what, what are you learning about uh, stuff? Girls, I'm, recess. I'm, 16, I'm thinking about yeah, girls or you know, I'm I'm drawing this band logo like right now. <laughs> the teacher's great. I love the teacher, but like my brain is focused on like what's what 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 wants to focus on right now. I need a minute, you know. I need to take a little <laughs> break. And like this guy is talking about stuff I don't care about. You know, it's not not a not a judgment on him or her uh-huh. or them, but I'm just sort of like I'm not paying attention. Sorry. <laughs> 
or like I was focused until you asked me and now I'm not sure what's going on. That is the best answer. And, I, and actually, <laughs> you know what? we should probably just train kids to say that. <laughs> I'm trying to learn here. Like he's talking. Why are you interrupting? I was paying attention until you started talking to me. <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't know. So I guess we can sort of like, I'm glad to hear that all of the, um, that there is a lot of pushback on the approach in Chicago of the of plans or whatever plans mm -hmm. in Chicago. Um, there, so today I learned that there is much more support behind um, not returning to school locally. Mm. Um, and it's one of those sort of situations and you probably have experienced this too. Uh, even when, especially because online is so is such like an alienating space. Mm -hmm. um, even if you see people agreeing with you online, there is nothing like you still always think that you're the crazy one when you're in like a real like meat space situation. You're the crazy. Uh, either you're the crazy one, or everybody else is crazy. You know what I mean? Mm. And and when you have a large group of people coming together to rally around and fight for the same things that you care about and you see that more people care about them, there is nothing more affirming and validating Absolutely. than that. It is just such a, it's such a beautiful thing to see this sort of like broad solidarity and you don't feel crazy for like five minutes in your life, you know? That happens every time there's uh, some sort of action in, in CTU is like, at first people are very nervous and then you look around and you see how much support there is. And like, you know, 2012, uh, 2019, you know, that was something I heard from a lot from teachers. I had no idea the public liked us so much. Mm. And I think part of it too, is like, we look at editorial pages and we think that as actually the voice of the people. And I know I get nervous sometimes when they, when they, they're on some real uh, BS on the, edit the Tribune editorial pages, like, Oh, the pu public is going to read this and they're going to believe it. But people aren't reading the papers like it's it's a it's a contradictory thing i think we have in our heads where like the mainstream papers can uh have such an impact but at the same time we know they're they're dying mm -hmm. yeah and yeah so so you, if you're getting your sense uh i mean like it definitely does tell you something like it tells you something that somebody thinks that like if they wrote like a letter to the editor or something uh -huh. then they're like oh let's run this that sounds good <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. if it's the op-ed, we know it's like it's our local ruling class. That's yeah. going to be their line, you know, in a day. Yeah, for sure. And and so, um, but yeah, even like a, like somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 100% right. Um, but yeah, nobody's, you know, so essentially, you know what they're thinking. But that doesn't tell you anything about like what most people thinking. You don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. it might be, but you don't know how influential it is. If, you know, and, and you don't just go around talking about, maybe some people do, but most people don't, you know, did you read that, you know, article by this, you know, famous columnist in the paper, in the Tribune or whatever, <laughs> or, or in the Times? Because uh, that's not really something that people do these days. It's more, did you hear that podcast? Did you watch that YouTube video? Did you see that meme or whatever? Like, like one of the funny things yeah okay we can wrap it up um but uh, one of those funny things that you i mean one of the most popular people on the internet amongst like regular teachers that i find is like that eddie b comedy guy mm. just like rapid fire kind of like 
silly jokes and like teachers freaking love it you know and that's the thing like that's what people are paying attention to and yeah that-, that was something that floored me when i first got back into teaching two two years about two, two and a half years ago was that kids don't watch tv at all like I, I would make references to things and they're like we don't watch that i'm like what do you watch youtube so you know, that was one of those icebreaker mm-hmm. icebreaker things not what is your favorite tv show it's like what are you watching on youtube mm-hmm. and Immediately, that starts conversations with kids. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, I watch that channel. That person's bogus. And like, mm-hmm. you know, then an actual conversation happens instead of, um, I don't trying to force. Yeah. Or something. Or, or like just or, or you can even and I know you got to go. But like just to, to sort of wrap up on this, like you can even just say like when they're talking about like Fortnite or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just like, well, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't play Fortnite and I don't pretend to, but I'm glad that you enjoy playing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I think there is sort of like a, at least they understand that you're not BSing them. You know, yeah. that's, that's how it is for me. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Kenzo. I know you got to go. But, Thanks for having uh, me on. I'm sorry about the technical difficulty there. We'll figure it out and we'll edit it in post, but uh, we should probably have this show dropping probably before the weekend. We don't. We, we had a short episode go out yesterday, but we're going to just drop this one on the uh, on the podcast feed. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us and uh, and solidarity from New Orleans and Will Jefferson Parish and uh, yeah, wearing the CTU shirt yeah, that, I got, that I got. <laughs> Will gave me this uh, when I went up there. They were I mean, like him Shout and I were great, great hosts uh, up there and. Uh, the good boy Marvin let us crash at his place. <laughs> oh, Marvin. Marvin's the best. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks, man. I really All appreciate right. it. Take care, Jeff. Bye. All right, peace. You can listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIV-FM. We also have releases on Thursday on our feed, goodmorningcomrade.com. You can get more information about all of our stuff, patreon.com slash goodmorningcomrade, where you can support our show. You can give us uh, money. Uh, we are exploring getting those koozies done. I know I've been saying it for a very long time, but we're going to do it. I promise. We have the contact for the uh, union printer. This will be 100% union made. Uh, and we are you know, checking out pr- logos and prices. If you want to submit an idea for a logo, uh, drop us a line. Uh, you can hit us at Comrade Morning on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me on Twitter at Eminent Prof. You can uh, email us contact at goodmorningcomrade.com. But please do help us make this show something that's sustainable uh, so that we can uh, expand our horizons, upgrade the equipment, sound really good, and uh, keep, keep the GMC content train a rolling. Woo woo. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Goodmorningcomrade.com. Uh, love you, everyone. Bye. Hold up on, 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 hold up on